What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Filmatic. Today we're going to be discussing pop star, never stop, never stopping. Uh, but before we get into that, once again, I want to do this because still now, even after the Spider-Man podcast where I did this, no one has done this. Guys, the giveaway. Let's talk about the giveaway. <laughs> Let's talk about the giveaway, guys. I'm giving this away. <laughs> it's a Blu-ray DVD. Look at this nice packaging, by the way. Beautiful. Of the Suicide Squad. It's upside down. Yeah, thank you. It's Blu-ray. I think it also has... Uh, yeah, it also has the standard definition in here if you don't have a Blu-ray player. What, what more can I do for you people? I mean, it's, it's really a... No, but seriously, guys, please do the giveaway. All you have to do is share the post where we announce this podcast for the Popstar episode. I, I've changed it. That's literally all you have to do. There used to be a catchphrase. Catchphrase verse. Sorry. Ironic. Uh, oh, no, there, <laughs> there used to be a catchphrase and everything. I just want you to like and share the the thing to your story. Is that harder or easier? I don't know. I thought it would be easier, but what if I enter yeah. in the contest? No, you can't. You can't enter in the podcast if you've been on the podcast. We we've been over this. Dang. I guess I might have to change the rules soon, but um, we'll see. Does it not come with the poster that you're talking about? Oh yeah, true. It also comes with, uh, I don't have it on me right now, but a uh, poster of the weasel from the Suicide Squad and... Uh, Polka Dot Man, right? No, 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 no. The guy from the beginning. No, I'm embarrassing myself. Uh, Savant, played by Michael Rooker in, uh, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, both little little cards, just like that one. Same size. But anyway, guys, please enter. It's one of the best movies of 2021. One of my favorite comic movies of uh, all time, even, I'd say. So, all you have to do is like, share the post for this episode. You'll be answered. Okay. I watched... Shut up, briefly. You did, yeah. I watched... Oh, it's okay. I watched the first uh, the first, first hour and 17 minutes of that with my dad today. i got to finish it later. I watched the first hour of... Leave Extraordinary Gentleman in ninth grade, and I haven't finished it. <laughs> okay, guys, just give a little rundown. Uh, Pop star, never stop, stop. Never stop, never. It's stop. a 2016. Yes, thank you. It's a 2016 mockumentary musical comedy directed by Akiva Schaefer and Jorma Tacone, two of three of the Lonely Island, and uh, written by all three and produced. It's also produced by Judd Apatow, and it has many, many co-stars and cameos, as we know, which we'll, we'll discuss, I'm sure. It was released uh, June 3rd, 2016, by Universal Pictures. It grossed $9 million, failing to meet its budget of $20 million. So it was a criti- uh, commercial failure. <laughs> um, <laughs> despite this, it received some positive reviews uh, from critics and has developed a cult following. Uh and um, that's that's kind of like my little intro for the movie. Now I'd like to discuss my guests. Okay, first up we have uh, Connor Park. How's it going, Connor? It's going well. I share a name with the lead character in this movie. Connor, for real. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to have you on, Connor. Connor, you may be leaving due to some scheduling issues at some point in this podcast. Is is that this correct? This is possibly true. Okay, so. 
you know, we hope to have you here. Hopefully you don't have to leave. But uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, of course, returning, return of the king, uh, Justin Fischler. I, I think it's fitting that you return for this one, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. I think the, the last time I, I did was Shrek. Yeah, and that, by the way, is one of our highest performing episodes and highly uh, critically acclaimed by some as well. Um, <laughs> for, because, uh, I know, I mean, seriously, like, a lot of people really like that one. They like that we took it upon ourselves to consume all those, uh, all those, all that Shrek content and the kind Shrek of properties. properties and <laughs> yes, I've said many times. And uh, we were able to kind of regurgitate that into something edible for the viewers so that's kind of a disgusting analogy but um (laughs) but um i recommend if you haven't seen that one go back and listen to it you don't have to have seen any of the shreks recently to get it because we really do give a really detailed rundown of each and every property so yeah i'm excited to have you guys here and uh popster has been a long time in the making it's one of our favorite films i'd say at least for me and justin oh well connor too you you've expressed passion, oh, i'm a big fan yeah i've seen it a couple times now yeah and uh i've been a staunch defender and i truly believe that it is one of the greatest comedies of that decade i, I oh, really definitely. believe that yeah and in a time where i feel like theatrical comedies are decreasing now it seems like we live in an age where most comedies are resorted to netflix or a streaming service, you know what I mean? I don't know if you guys feel that way, but any thoughts? I feel like most Connor. most <laughs> films that have been coming out, like, I mean, there's like your your small set of like big budget ones that are ending up going to theaters, which I feel like even movies that go to theaters for the most part are pretty mids. Like what's available right now, like you've got like 355, House of Gucci, um, the new Kingsman movie, which I think House of Gucci got pretty solid reviews. Kingsman, I don't know anything about the reviews, but I'm a big fan of the Kingsman series. 355 got like in the 20s as far as percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. And those are like the only ones I can even think of that are in theaters that are, you know, actual blockbusters. Well, then, of course, there's, I think it's becoming more prevalent. And actually, there was a, a recent interview, you know, put this in the annotated bibliography. But there was a recent interview with uh, Ben Affleck uh, coming off of his latest film, The Last Duel, with, directed by Ridley Scott, which I'm hoping to cover soon for the podcast. Um, just what, for some... Yeah. I was going to say, what coffee did he look like during that interview? Uh, well, it was a written interview, so I, I don't think there were any pictures attached. Salty caramel frappuccino, then. Uh, that's my guess. That's his go-to. You know what I mean? Uh guys check out the justice league podcast if you want to know more about ben affleck's coffee outfits um that was a bit of a justice league podcast spoiler without context there you go schneider cut reference for sure um but there was a recent interview following that movie which did very poorly at the box office even though it was critically acclaimed and really scott as one we know is one of the biggest directors of uh our time really and um he was discussing that he feels like especially following covid and seeing how these recent marvel movies have been doing especially spider-man which as we discussed did incredibly well um in the box office and 
beat multiple records, even though we are still in the back end of this pandemic. Uh, ben Affleck was discussing how he feels like in the coming years, it'll just be 20 superhero movies and major franchise blockbusters in the, in the movie theaters throughout the year. And that all the movies that aren't centered around that, uh, that are, you know, so engrossed by the public would be subject to just sent to streaming or sent to VOD. So I just kind of wanted to see what your thought was that was on that. If you agreed with that, or if you, don't think it's going to be like that you think maybe he's exaggerating like okay boomer or like i mean i don't know i don't know i feel like it's probably pretty accurate just because like you know we're still very much in a period of time where going into these like big public arenas for events such as like a movie viewing is definitely a little bit risky and like without having some sort of big like draw like the spider-man movie had like you know going back over 20 years of spider-man three different act like three different you know acclaimed actors in the role like that was something big to bring people out like you know that's an event you want to see in theaters like you you know there's a lot of nostalgic throwbacks and just you know big events that'll have people like applauding throughout the movie in the theater making it a theater experience whereas like other movies you know like the duel are like just movies that are still probably going to be pretty solid like it they just don't have that same draw that makes people want to make those same health risks to go out you know it's more of like oh you know even if people are going to see it and watch it like it's not going to have those big box office opening weekend numbers because people are just going to wait for it to come to streaming and then watch it that's a good point i do think covid has left an impact but i i don't know i feel like i kind of agree with him which is that Marvel movies, and you know, this is coming from someone who, you know, that's that's like my life. You know, I love, grew up reading comics, still read comics, love all the movies. You know, love Spider Man, and um, I do feel like, to a certain degree, I could agree with him. Where it seems like the uh, auteur movies, if you will, coming from Ridley Scott or whom, whomever might be kind of sidelined by those movies, especially if they're released in such a close proximity to them. Um, I think, yeah. yeah, it's definitely partially them being sidelined by the bigger ones, but also just, like, you know, their own individual merit. Like, as, you know, like new movies without backing going in, like, it just doesn't have that same draw. Like, even I think even without yeah. being sidelined, we st- it still wouldn't see those numbers. But I feel like, yeah, like... That's fair. Like, the big... Well, because... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to say, like, in the article, like, the reason that this came up specifically was because and why it was such a phenomenon was that even though it did poorly at the box office, and there's a very famous interview following that, by the way, where Ridley Scott blamed millennials and <laughs> said it was because everyone uses their cell phones too much, which I think is a little far. And I'll, I'll find the quote after that if we want to hear it. But um, it did, it was number one in the iTunes, like, store for like for a good amount of time you know what i mean oh look who's back uh but i just wanted to say like maybe maybe the audience for that and he was kind of talking about this too maybe the audience for that does lie in streaming maybe those people who would rather see a ridley scott movie would rather just watch it at home i don't know it's hard to say you know i think that probably only time will tell 
um, I don't know, uh, Justin, I know you're back. Uh, we were just talking about that interview and this notion that it seems like, so like Ben Affleck had this, Ridley Scott had this, where it was like, our auteur or more, uh, not indie movies, but movies that are made by people who don't make large franchise or superhero movies, are their movies being going to be sidelined as time goes on by franchise and Marvel movies? Um, and that's kind of what we were discussing. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, but I haven't seen. Okay. I will say, obviously it does seem like there's like a, such a unique observation, but it seems like there's like a crazy amount of them. It's like, mm-hmm. no matter what time it's like the past, it feels like past like several years, there's always been a Marvel movie in theaters at any given moment. Right. You know I mean? And mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm not like the guy that's like, I just hate it for the sake of the fact that it's a Marvel movie. You know, it doesn't really bother me because I feel like there still are movies that I have interest in watching that right. are coming out. I don't know. Like, I don't know how, was Green Knight even fucking in theaters? It was, and I was going to say, I think a good example to counter that is A24 movies, which okay, right. seem to be getting more popular. It seemed to be consistently in theaters, you know, Lighthouse, uh, Green Knight. I don't actually know if Licorice Pizza is an A24 movie, but I know a lot of our friends have talked about that and seen it recently. Even though, although, counterpoint to that, it was very hard. I know Evan was telling me it was only in theaters near Sarasota in North Bradenton for like two days. So that's a good example of like, you know, it's kind of hard to see those movies depending on where you live. That's fair. You um, said the same thing about um, like the French Dispatch. Yeah, exactly. He was like complaining about how there wasn't any showings in Sarasota because they're all taken up by Spider-Man, which is yeah. funny. I, that could yeah. just be a classic Evan comment. Causation versus correlation. I, like, yeah. Is it actually that's the reason why there weren't French Dispatch showings, you know? I mean, movies but, were primarily showing Spider-Man. I don't think that's exactly why. I think that even without Spider-Man, it would have been hard to see, but I think it was enhanced by that for sure. Um, I French Dispatch episode? French Dispatch episode? Once I can see it, I, I love True. to. I definitely um, don't have it in 1080p on my hard drive right now. So I'm going to also be okay. hard-pressed to watch it at some point. I might have to watch that lesson you made in your course. <laughs> uh, it's not a lesson, okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's educational, okay? Anyway. Guys, check it out. MET 3040, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, it's in the bibliography. It's in the bibliography. <laughs> so, I, I want to read this quote from Ridley Scott about his movie failing at the box office because I think it's uh, not only important to talk about, but I think I can relate this to Pop Star, um, which we'll get to. But I just want to read it. Okay, I want to hear your thoughts on it. All right. So, he was questioned about his movie bombing at the box office, and he was. Uh, I'll read. Okay, I'll start here. Start quote. This is from a Variety article. It'll be linked. Quote: No, Disney did a fantastic promotional job. Scott said when Marone implied the company may have been the reason for the last duel's low performance. Quote: The bosses loved the movie because I was concerned it was not for them, but they really liked the movie, so their advertising, publicity, etc., was excellent. I think what it boils down to: What we've got today are the audiences who were brought up on these fucking cell phones. 
The millennial do not ever want to be taught anything unless you are told it on the cell phone, Scott continued. This is a broad stroke, but I think we're dealing with it right now with Facebook. There's a misdirection that has happened where it's been given the wrong kind of confidence to this latest generation. End quote. I, <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty uh, absurd comment from him. It's pretty funny. It's pretty like, how old is this guy? Like 75 True. or something? Uh, let's see, Ridley Scott age. That wasn't a genuine guess. That was me like for how stupid that comment was. I mean, he is 84. Oh, shit. Okay. I underestimate. Yeah, yeah that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Ridley. I saw the trailer. <laughs> the movie looks shit. I'm just going to say it. First of all, Matt Damon's haircut is bad. Ben Affleck's haircut. Ben Affleck's so funny. If you want me to see your movie, give Matt Damon a good haircut. That's all I got to say. And here's the thing. I'm a big fan of Ridley Scott. He's what got some of the most iconic movies, you know? Gladiator, yeah. Martian... Uh, Prometheus, Alien, Alien. obviously. I mean, um, Prometheus is so good, just by yeah. itself. It's like, you know, I mean, he does have some misses, but it's. I didn't expect him to to take it to ah fucking you know old man on old man yelling at clouds because I do I, I agree with his sentiment. I just think he kind of went overboard there. But uh, yeah. also, I want to note the reason that they mentioned Disney is because it's a Fox movie that was made. Or started production when Fox was Fox, but as we know, Disney bought Fox a few years ago, so technically, Disney owns the movie. I just wanted to mention that for those who don't know and wondering maybe why it said Disney. Um, but yeah, so I, what I was gonna say is, I feel like this relates to the comedy thing I was mentioning earlier, because if you look at the top ten, I just looked up like top ten comedy movies, and I just looked at like IMDb. And all of them went to streaming besides Free Guy and the French Dispatch, which we just discussed. It was even hard to see the French Dispatch. Um, at least according to this list, it's considered a comedy. And um, I don't know. I think that's interesting. And I think that I do feel like we're kind of phasing out of seeing those movies. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like today if you made, like, I don't know, think of a comedy movie like Little Fockers. <laughs> I don't know why I chose Little Fuckers when I could just meet the fuckers. <laughs> but, but, um, like, I feel like that would just be a Netflix movie. You know what I mean? I don't think... Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It does seem like everything's a fucking Netflix movie nowadays. Like, do, you, do you think that they would release one of those early 2000s movies? If they released it now, it would go to theatrical? I just feel like... Based on what everything I know, it would just go straight to Netflix or whatever Amazon, whatever streaming service. I don't like. How'd you mention it? Yeah, it does seem like all of the movies you see that are like lined up as like the showings at movie theaters are all like prominent releases from like right Fast and Furious or yeah whatever or like Dune, which is like a big deal because right. you know, Sand. Yeah. based on a book, Timothy Chalamet. You know, famous French director yeah. who directed Sicario. Blade Runner. True. Yeah, it seems like you wouldn't see just, like, a no-name studio, not even, like, really indie, just a normal studio releasing no. a Ben Stiller comedy. And that's what I want. All I want is for Ben Stiller to come back, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really what I want. Um... 
Well, I think that was a good discussion about the topic at large. Let's get into it, though. Um, Connor, I feel like you were good at this last time. Uh, could you give us a little, a little bit of some, some plots All right. about the pop star movie? All right. Your, your little rundown. So needless to say, uh, spoilers upcoming. But <laughs> this is the, a movie about... It's centered around the main character, Connor For Real, played by Andy Samberg, um, who... Grew up and you know was in a gay, like a, a musical group called the Style Boys with two childhood best friends. You know they came up like that and you know made music together. Were very popular and then just through some you know kind of turn of events like just how things ended up playing out. Uh, Connor Friel gained a lot more popularity than the other two members of the group. So kind of through time they kind of broke up and became Connor became a solo act with one of the other uh, members from the Style Boys as his DJ, and just continued from there. And the story kind of goes with him leaning into his solo career, his solo career beginning to fall, and him sort of realizing the error of his ways of, you know, having a big ego, and, you know, thinking like, oh, he's, he's the best, and, you know, kind of leading back into what really matters and getting back with his friends and like finding the reason that he started doing music in the first place, which was, you know, to have fun with the people Mm -hmm. that he loved. And by the end of the movie, he's made a turn from, you know, very narcissistic, egotistical pop star to a man of his, like you know, a person who loves the people around him, loves his friends and wants to do good by them and just have a good time. Good, good heartwarming yeah. comedy film, you know, not not like a super super complex plot overall, but just a, just a good story. Right, which I think harkens back to what we were saying before is like those, you know, early two thousands comedies, just simple, you know, straightforward, purely comedy. And of course, you know, this this movie uh, takes shots at, and then the title is a direct parody of Justin Bieber's documentary from way back. Uh, what was that? Never say never, right? And um, takes a lot of shots. I feel like at the modern day pop stars, whether it be Justin Bieber or big rappers or whoever. I think as much as um, it, as much as it is a jab at the pop artists themselves, it's also you kind of, kind of you know more wider focus a jab at the the industry as a whole, really. True. That's a good point because, yeah, because he goes through a lot of things where it's kind of, yeah, like, you know, you get the reviews, you get the tour, you get performing at award shows and you get like kind of ironic jabs with that. So, yeah, I'd agree. Um, and of course, just coming from the people, the lovely people at the uh, the Lonely Island, the songs, I mean, you know, well, I guess first of all, uh, what were your guys's uh, respective first introductions to, to the Lonely Island? For me, it was "Threw It on the Ground." I remember saying that very young and thinking, "What well, this is, you know, top tier comedy." I, I I was definitely hit with the you know "Threw It on the Ground." Like a boss was one of my favorites. Um, I just had sex was a classic. A the fe- Acon feature, like that one. It's just a, just just a comedy banger. It changed the game. It really did. Um, 
I think it's it was cool to see or learn, I guess, later on. I didn't know this at the time that uh, Lonely Island just started as like a one-off thing as part of Saturday Night Live and those three being featured on it. And it kind of spun out into them having their own musical albums and then finally getting to work on this. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Um, so how do we how do we want to discuss the uh, the songs of this movie? Should we just go through one by one and kind of talk about them? I think that's good. Do you have a list of like chronological yeah, I, I order? List. In the movie? Well, I mean, I also know it, but Fair enough. you know. <laughs> then yeah, let's go. Okay. Let's go through the songs um, first. So the movie over. opens. I think it also we compare it with the plot and how it relates to the movie, if it's in the movie, because as we've noted. There are a lot of songs in the soundtrack that are not in the movie. Um, so let's talk about I'm So Humble, the first song in the movie. The movie opens with this, Connor Friel performing at a concert uh, with the hologram of Adam Levine. <laughs> uh, what are our thoughts on I'm So Humble? The sample, like the vocal mm-hmm. chop that they used to make the beat is crazy. I remember, right, well, yeah. Oh, I saw this in theaters when it came out. And that's like the like he does his like little intro, and then like when the name of the movie comes on, the song starts, and that takes you into the the present day. Crazy! I remember hearing that, and I'm like, dude, that song goes off. And it's I, I think very good, like just as far as the writing of that song and like lyrically, just a good opener to it. Kind of gives you like really the main gist of that character. Like he sees himself as like a. Narcissist, yeah, just like just a <laughs> great know. guy, awesome writer. Bar none, I am the most humblest. You know, uh, the thing about me that's so impressive is uh, how freak infrequently I mention all of my successes. Yeah. <laughs> it's an awesome line, and um, I do hear the sample because it's uh, samples from uh, the heartaches, which is uh, it's a very old song, uh, based on my research. My point in this is that it's cool that they actually went and did actual musical production and went through the trouble of someone who's actually making real, real music to sample things and put effort into it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this could have been this movie, if made by lesser people, could have been made uh, much cheaper and more generic. And I'm glad that, of course, in Lonely Island fashion, it goes all the way. You know. Um, so next up, we have Equal Rights featuring Pink. This is uh, given to us in the movie as a little sample, kind of. It's given to us as a music video, actually, um, as a sample of what would be on Connor's album, which we will see in the movie. Following this, to have failed. Which the introduction um, to this music video, I like. Th- there's a lot of jokes in this. Like, I think my some of my favorite jokes in this movie are like just the one-off lines, like. He, he does like a video, or, like there's you know the scene in the movie where he's like he's doing like a you know self shot video promoting it. He's like, hey, we've got the the surprise music video drop on Friday at noon. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's not a surprise. Yeah. He just yeah. told you what, you know, just think this is the jokes like that. I think just like they're they're real quick, very funny, and yeah, that music video, mm-hmm. it's it, I kind of I think it pairs well with humble in him showing like pushing this image of himself as this great guy you know like the song is talking about like equal rights like gay people should be able to get married and you know not be hated but the majority of the song is filled with him saying 
like the, the very, toxic masculine yeah him very much stressing that right. he is not gay and bringing up stuff like sports and ribs and hot wings, hot wings. yeah <laughs> Leonard Skinner yeah <laughs> I, I also love that it's more than just references like that which are obviously very funny is also just in between him singing he's like I'm not gay I'm not gay I'm gay <laughs> you know yeah it's just just hilarious uh, on top of that and um I feel like I'm blanking on a real-world example, but I feel like there might have been something this was referencing in terms of, like, maybe more generically, which is, like, celebrities' fake supporting causes. You know what I mean? I thought like, it was a parody of the Macklemore song, where he's oh, like... Same, it is, that's same what it love, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, when I was seven, I thought I was gay, because I had nice shoes. When I was in the third <laughs> grade, I thought that I was that. gay, because I could draw, my uncle was, and I kept my room straight. Okay, there you go. Anyway, yeah, that's right, a classic. Which is, yeah, Sean Penn Rainbow Muff Dive. <laughs> I also the the end. One of the funniest parts of it, getting it in the video, is he's like, "Sexual freedom for all, sexual freedom for all," and then at the end, he's just like, <sighs> he's like <laughs> so like proud of himself. You know, yeah. kind of goes to show like, I don't know, innocence maybe of like of Connor's character. Uh, is it you know, in the movie or is it just like it is in the movie too video where they talk about um, oh, okay. how sexual freedom for all is like the the uh, like catchphrase for like pedophiles of America or whatever it's called <laughs> oh shit yeah that I was a it's joke. like the music video right yeah you know, that's not yeah, in the movie it's like a, it's a cut from the movie but they left it in the music video yeah that's pretty <laughs> I think I should have left that in the movie. That's a hilarious joke. The North American man-boy love association. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the, one of the oh, funny man. things about that, like, that bit of the movie is there's a part, I don't know if it's during the showing of the music video or, like, after, but they cut to, like, there's a lot of cuts to celebrity cameos of just, like, them, like, you know, like, interviews mm-hmm. for the mockumentary. Someone's saying, like, yeah, is it, like, it, it's just already allowed. Like, what is he fighting for? Like, this is just an accepted thing. I don't... I think... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to take a quick aside here and talk about the celebrity cameo aspect of the movie. I feel like mostly it works. I do feel like sometimes there are a few times where it's just like... Not like... Like, I hate it, but it's like, eh, Mids joke. Or like, it's DJ Khaled. And he's... And I'm like, why, why are you here? You played just... You know? <laughs> Yeah, it's just a, it's a buzzword. It's a big name that they have floating around. It really, yeah, I mean, that's the, yeah, and I, like, one of the big draws. I am a fan of just that style of, like, mockumentary joke with cameos. Like, there's a, an episode of How I Met Your Mother where they're, like, it's a, one of the Robin Sparkles episodes where they're going back and they, like, have a bunch of those same style, like, random cameos that are, like, in real life they just don't, like, they aren't correct. Like, it's just, like, Usher saying, like, oh, I really love the donkey roll. Like, this, like, old song that doesn't actually exist. And stuff like that. Like Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... Yeah, I think it works. It also is a big draw for the movie, like you said, for people to come see it. They get to show on the promos that fucking... Nas is in this as well. Like, there's some pretty crazy yeah, people like, who are in this. Like, like, Questlove, Nas, 50 Cent... Um, Simon Cowell, who of course we know from uh, <laughs> from Shrek Far Far Away. <laughs> uh, it's me, everyone. 
What so is? <laughs> oh my god! That's in the after credit. Yeah. That's in the extras for Shrek Two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, please go watch the Shrek episode. Hilarious bit. Simon Cowell. Yeah. Incredible. Um. No. Nope. So yeah, yeah. That's rubbish. It's me, everyone. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> No, this is just wrong. Yeah. Uh, It's hilarious. Um, Okay, so next up in the movie, we get introduced to uh, Connor's biggest accolades. (laughs) One of which is famously known, one of his most famous accomplishments as the catchphrase verse, (laughs) featured, featured in the track Turn Up the Beef. Which we hear in full on the soundtrack. Do you, did you have any thoughts on that, Justin? We actually don't hear it in full. It cuts out. Well, like, in the soundtrack, I meant. You can oh, hear the, the full. Of course, yeah. of course. Right. Not in the yeah, movie, yeah. keep in mind. In the movie, they cut it up. We don't hear some of the best line, catchphrases, in my opinion. Um, let's see. What, are, what are they... Yeah. I'm pulling up the lyrics Connor, genius bitch. right now. Well, fuck you, because I'm going to do it from the top of my head. Oh, God. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's Connor, bitch. Say word. Are we? Oh, are we juggling it? We could. Okay. All right. It's Connor, bitch. Say word. Dilbert. Doink to doink. Doink to doink. Who's talking about Jesus Christ? Why can't I have a turn? All right. We've been we've been confronted with this. How are we were gonna do this? It's been on, the only thing on my mind when I think of the pop star episode is how are we gonna tackle the, the catchphrase verse? All right, so let's go. Justin, do you want to do it together off the top of our heads? <laughs> to I feel prove? like the voice sync will make it so bad because right, one of us is gonna be lagging. Let's go, Nabil, then Justin, then me in a round. Two catchphrases each. How many catchphrases? Are we considering it's Connor bitch and say word as two different ones? No. <laughs> okay, that's one. <laughs> it is one. So is it? Yeah, it's Connor bitch say word. Yeah, that's like that's a line. That's yeah. like the line each. All right. Oh wait, maybe you're right. Is it two separate ones? <laughs> who cares, dude? Okay. Who cares? <laughs> All right. For that part, we will stop at. Okay, maybe I'll go first. You had it's Connor bitch say word. Okay, let's let's play it by ear. I think we'll be okay. fine. It's, it's Connor bitch say word. Doink to doink. Sorry, Dad. No, you said it wrong. It's, say doink to doink again. Doink to doink. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Dinky nuts. Squirrel jam. Hats. Balance in my checkbook. Zerbert in the shirt, Bert. Squark. One hundred gift baskets. You're now rocking with the Tesla boys. Sleepy Benjamin Franklin. Watch me veg. EJ Tanner. <laughs> Swinking. What's happening? Somebody fell from my desk. <laughs> No, 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 pen music. Pasco samples like a motherfucker. Uh. Did you I say said, uh. Oh, crank up the mids. 
I don't remember this. Patrick so Stewart Patrick Money. Stewart Money. Yeah. You know who it is, Connor, for real. Okay, we got through it. <laughs> you should cut that up and put the beat underneath it. You it should be cut terrible. that from the entire episode. I feel like I can't. I, I just can't. If you send me the audio from that, I will make I will cut that into the song. See, Connor, see, because you didn't know it like us, your delivery was little. I know, which I'm gonna have to edit myself saying it to fit it in. You know? Not like anyway. I did not remember it as well. I apologize. Maybe I should have left myself out. You know, how about we restart and you guys just do it? We could do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, it's okay. Let's move on. We have plenty of time for that in the promo. Um, I do want to say, I don't know how in detail we want to talk about this, maybe not at all, but um, I want to say the reason we know it is because we've practiced... Uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> the reason we know it? Practice. Yeah, guys, I practiced that. No, 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 we didn't practice for the podcast, we just did it for no reason. <laughs> Which is infinitely worse. It's so much worse. So we can talk about keeping this or cutting it. Anyway. We practiced it for a performance in Casey's car. <laughs> to which Casey to which didn't, we re- didn't react. He just didn't react at all. Oh my god. Okay, please. Okay. No, turn out the beef. Gone. Turn out the beef. Emma Stone cameo. Pretty good. I think it works. It's a hype song. You get that party track, you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, a nice thud there. Overall, one of my favorite tracks. The Catcher's Verse is one of the funniest jokes in the movie. True. Um, any final thoughts on that? I have right. none. Cool. Next up, we get to one of the next best tracks in the movie, in my opinion. Finest Girl. I think that's, I think that's um, gotta be my favorite. My favorite track. From yeah. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's personally the first song I was exposed to before I saw the movie for the first time. Back Same in as well. 2016. Um, I just seen in my life. Want to take her home, make her my wife. We were going to freak, then she started talking. Fuck me, fuck she said, I'm a style. No. Yeah. <laughs> um... I do think that this is one of the songs that benefits from... I, I like the music video more than him performing it in the movie, I have obviously. To agree. Yeah. But in the movie, you do get the a better reveal. Because you don't know what's coming. It starts off kind of normal. Finest Girl I've my whole life. And then the girl just becomes Bin Laden on stage. Yeah. Which is hilarious. First yeah. a turban, then a tunic. <laughs> the tunic. <laughs> Invade my cave with your special unit. Right. Um, oh, can we so, also just talk about how the simplicity of the joke where he just says I said he wasn't in a cave it's such a good <laughs> line <laughs> that's hilarious yeah it's also so unsurprising because Connor's whole character throughout the movie is that he's like an idiot and yeah. he's like so unaware of like social cues and <laughs> clearly also like civil rights and shit where he's talking yeah. about like Gay people need to be able to get married, even though they already can. But he also knows that Bin Laden wasn't in a cave, <laughs> like specifically. Yeah. Like he just read about it and knows somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also like when he's like, 
That said, I can see you horny like a stegosaur. <laughs> and then he rhymes it with your request is so irregular. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty genius, actually. I feel like that's one of the best parts of the movie, is the, the lyrics to all of the songs are so well written. Right. I mean, it's Lonely Island. <laughs> True. That they're um, literally famous for that. And also the part... Which again is cool in the music video because they just have someone acting like him. It's like the president called. <laughs> Congratulations, Connor. Uh, just incredible ending to the song. Um, it was all just also what you don't oh, get. Yeah. <laughs> what you only get from the music video is that the song ends and then he just then he, has he a takes... fucking. He's like he has Oculus Rift or something. He's like. It was all a virtual reality. Yeah, he's experience. doing the thing in the pops in the equal rights video, which I liked a lot, which I said, which is the out of breath. He's like, "Damn, it was all a virtual reality experience." Yeah, <laughs> just like hilarious. It's such a stupid tacked on at the end last three second joke. That's not even in the movie. It's genius. Yeah. <laughs> they did it only for the video. Although I do think the video was also put on SNL as like a digital short. I remember reading, which might be why it, you know they took a little more time with it, which I appreciate. Yeah, you're harboring a fugitive. Um, that ass. And my justice will be punitive. I'm a smash. I'm a smash. <laughs> um, now this is a crazy lineup because we're getting hit after hit. Next up, we got Mona Lisa, <laughs> which I feel like I liked better as I matured. You know what I, I mean? I feel the exact same way. <laughs> when I watched it in theaters, I was like, dude, that's like, yeah. such a... I thought it was like a, such an easy throwaway joke. It's like, <laughs> the whole point of the song is just that Mona Lisa's ugly. And then you like grow up and your comedy like evolves and you're like, this is just such a funny, <laughs> solid joke. It's just done really well. Dude, the chorus... It's just such a straight to the point line. Mona Lisa, you're an overrated over with your terrible style and your dead shark eyes, yeah. and smirk like you're hiding a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew those lyrics. I actually didn't know that's what he was saying until. The and then this is another one where he gets cut in the movie a little bit. Um. One of the biggest losses, right? Because this has an incredible, uh, what what is it called? Not a, I guess, I guess it's another chorus. Maybe it's a bridge. I think it's a bridge. Yeah. So like in the middle of the of the song, or not the middle, the end of the song, in in the final bridge, he changes, he deviates the style, and he goes, "I'm an American man." This is my native land, and then does a whole bit about <laughs> <laughs> how in America no one lies about paintings. Right. <laughs> people aren't ugly, I guess. I don't know. You just have to listen to it, please. Dude, the I... last line in the song, the Mona Lisa sucks. <laughs> la, da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not only is this a genius like joke within the song, but they reuse the bridge in a different song. Oh yeah, with Seal, <laughs> which we'll yeah, talk yeah. about. Yeah. Um, okay, so next up, we get Hunter the Hungry is going to eat. All right, now this is a track that's only in the movie in the background where we're introduced to Hunter the Hungry when he's at his own concert, and Connor and his team are there in the movie. If you remember this 
just like seeing him because Connor needs uh, someone to open for him because the tour is doing really poorly. I've got an idea which you are going to like. You are going to like it. <laughs> you say aren't or aren't. Are. That had to be improv, right? I feel like I that had could, to have been improv. I can only really hope, dude. That scene is hilarious. Tim Meadows is a comedic genius. Yes, of oh, course. SNL one thing I love about um, Andy Samberg's work, like across all of his work, he has a lot of like people I can only assume are just friends of his from like the creative business that he has play like different characters. Like that, the I, I, what is the name of the manager in Popstar? He's Tim Meadows. He was on SNL back in the 80s. What's his name? Oh, in the movie? Yeah, real life? Either. Both. Tim Meadows. His name is Tim Meadows. What's his character's name? His name is Tony in Tony. the movie. Yeah. He also plays um, a can- like a reoccurring cannibal character in Brooklyn Nine-Nine as well. True, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, the elephant in the room, Justin Timberlake. He's a Lonely <laughs> Island associate. You know. Tyrus. <laughs> Titus. Squash. <laughs> I once called him Titus by accident. Famously. <laughs> it was me, Titus. <laughs> um, which we'll get to. So, yeah, Hunter the Hungry, it's a very overly done, very large amount of bass uh, song where Hunter the Hungry, uh, most famously, which you hear the most in the movie, is stomping around the forest like a retarded Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Hunter eating beefcakes like in the back of Ford Taurus. <laughs> Which, Incredible <laughs> I don't you only hear probably those two lines, but it's just so funny. I love them. I love this. It's impactful. You go to the soundtrack and it has like three verses. <laughs> 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 it's absurd, like how much effort they put into each song, even though they knew that they couldn't put all of it in the movie. Right. Um. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think it works well for Hunter the Hunter. I think it very yeah, much good. fits his character. It definitely. Exactly. Yeah. That bit, I think it's 50 Cent talking, where he's like, yeah, Hunter's crazy. One time I saw him backstage, he wasn't rolling a joint. He was just eating it. He was just eating it. He was eating it. It's awesome. So next up, we have Two Banditos, (laughs) which is another one that really grew on me. Um, That one is, like, barely in the movie. You only hear, like, the first, like, line before it cuts into, like, dialogue or whatever, and it plays and in the hear, background really quietly, and then you hear, like, the chorus, like, once or twice. You hear the dumb... I think you hear the dumb, 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 stupid. Yeah. Maybe. That's about it. Maybe. You but, hear um, the uh, meow, 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 or two yeah. kids, and then it ends with, do it on stage. and then it yeah. ends. Then the song cuts off. <laughs> but the song itself, if you listen to the full thing, is so funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think my favorite line... Is probably the 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 part where it's like they they just look my face. Don't worry about it, and they keep saying different lines, and it's like don't worry about it. And then right. the one line where he says, after all of those ones where it's like pretty standard, not standard, but pretty like obviously funny stuff, like take a shit yeah. in your food, pop this pill, is this cocaine? And then yeah. at the end, he's like, what is life? Yeah. <laughs> like don't worry about it. Also, I just ate a fucking rat. That's yeah. <laughs> yep. So, think, yeah. My favorite line is, "I'm swimming in her prism, and my interest is dwindling." 
I just I love that all of these songs are so fleshed out and could be their own like Lonely Island YouTube tier songs. Yeah, but there's exactly. like twenty of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So next up, we have a song that's completely not in the movie. It's called Things in. Oh wait, Things in My Jeep. Maybe Things in My Jeep is. Really. Yeah, that's when. Okay. They throw back to the featuring Lincoln Park, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's when it shows Lawrence's um solo like career. Akiva Schaefer's solo career. His wildly unsuccessful solo career. I don't know, man. I just had different things in my Jeep. I yeah. like that song. Literally the entire thing. The it's entire just song is different just items. Random objects. Probably like a hundred items. Yeah. <laughs> and it like doesn't rhyme half the time. Football, hacky sack, frisbee in the back, and a baseball cap. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then you get a extended. You get extended Lincoln Park feature in the soundtrack where it's like, "Hi, come inside, look around." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's hilarious that it has a fucking. I don't know much about Lincoln Park or that kind of music, but it. I'm told it's a pretty big name in music, um, and for that feature to just be like only on the soundtrack is pretty absurd to me. Yeah. Like, it just it lends to that whole thing where it's like, God, there's just so much content in this thing. Um, next up, we have Ashley Wednesday featuring Seal, which we do see here in the movie mostly uh, <laughs> during Connor's wedding to Ashley Wednesday. Right, um, of course. You know, and this is where we get that reprise from Mona Lisa of I'm an American Man, but from Seal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we literally get to hear Seal, arguably the greatest R&B singer in history, sing the funniest part of the Mona Lisa song. It's yeah. really, then, what more could we ask for? As- and then just get attacked by wolves. That too, yeah. yeah I just love the bit funny. that the guys, they just refuse to stop Seal from singing. Like, they're <laughs> incapable of stopping him from singing. Yeah, like, hey man, you gotta stop this. The, the wolves are going kind of crazy. We can't stop them now. <laughs> yeah. I can't stop Seal. I can't stop Seal. It's also, and it's not even just that he repeats the lines from Mona Lisa. The entire chorus is in the same, what the word is, tune? Melody. I don't know. Yeah, same melody. It's like, Ashley <laughs> Wednesday, but well, it's, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Yeah. And that's become one of my favorites as well. <clears throat> um... Next up, we have a bonus track called Fuck Off. <laughs> which is one of the biggest losses also. I don't say that about for every one of these, but... <laughs> That's true. Um, this movie is like... The soundtrack... There's so many, I feel like, bonus tracks for shit that's like... You're only listening to the soundtrack because you want to listen to the songs from the movie. You know what I mean? Like, right. for example, you put on, like, the spirit stallion of the Cimarron soundtrack. You want to hear Here I Am. You want to hear, you know... <clears throat> this, look, my point is... I don't, you, I don't need you to... I don't need to hear these... Bro- Are you okay? <laughs> Justin got really excited about spirit. <laughs> my point is... You hear bonus tracks that weren't in the movie. You're like, what the hell is this song? I've never heard of it. I don't care about it. With this soundtrack, every bonus track, you're like, holy shit. This is just as good as the ones from the movie. Yeah. Why was this cut from the movie? And the reason is because the movie can't be six hours long. 
<laughs> Probably, I would imagine. You know, because you have to, you can't just throw them in the movie. There has to be context around them, of course. Right, right. So I can understand. So I just want to read. Uh, I haven't looked at the lyrics for any of these yet, but I want to look at it for this one because I want people to know just how much I feel like this could have fit in the movie. Because for this one, they also filmed it, him on stage performing it and releasing it on YouTube. Almost like it was directly a deleted scene from the movie. So it was almost in there. Okay, so it starts with, Hey yo, this one is dedicated to all the little kids out there whose parents are always riding them, telling them to do your homework. Never learn to eat dessert. And the crowd is also full of kids, by the way. Making sure you go to bed before you're ready. Well, listen, the next time they're acting bogus, and this is where the, the song starts to build up, the beat's about to drop. I want you to try this out. Stand up on your tippy toes, look them dead in the eye, and say, Mom, Dad, you can both, and then, fuck off. <laughs> I don't want your life. I don't know you shit. And it's a whole thing. Um, yeah. It's awesome. Um, Dude, the whole song is just about the shock value of like how intensely vulgar things. that these instructions he's giving yeah. his children Because are. the chorus ends in... Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna live. <laughs> Wait, first of all, let me talk about that. All right. That's hilarious. speaking. Speaking. Totally small, that. small side segue. Speaking of fuck off, it is time for me to depart. Oh man, that is a good segue. I will admit. <laughs> Listen, Connor, stand up on your tippy toes. <laughs> Look them dead in the eye. Mom, Dad, Mom, Cassidy. Dad. Wait a second. <laughs> Do you want me to cut? <laughs> I don't know. But um. <laughs> anyway, Connor, it was great having you on. This is gonna go off the rails without you here to to ground us. I hope you know. So. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> should I should I just mute my mic and turn off the camera? Okay. Or is it okay if I X out? Wow. So um. We're wow, okay, it's just us. <laughs> Where was I? Okay, so I wanna say um Should I X out after Will the I'm gonna live forever, of course. So you get the I hope you I get perfect in prison. Okay, I will. Exactly. Right. So it's just crazy <laughs> Yeah, it's like every line of this song right. is just so right. ridiculous. It keeps going because in the second Radius. verse you have them saying telling the kids to say fuck you to the teachers. Which also, quote, saying, don't eat paste, don't talk during nap time. <laughs> yeah, dude, don't eat paste. That's such a funny... Who the fuck... Dude, okay, there's something so childish, first of all, about referring to glue as paste. And my... Yeah. Uh, like, I hear it, and it just sounds like a little kid is saying it, and it's so funny. Well, I think it works, because it's, it's also just showing him being a fucking immature exactly, person. Exactly, no, exactly. Yeah. And the next line, he also literally says... Well, the next time your teacher is being a grumposaurus. <laughs> Which also comes to sh- I think it does go to show that Connor is like emotionally, basically has the brand of like an eight-year-old. <laughs> true, true. And is a Referenced rich. at the end of the movie when um, Jorma Tacoma's character, Owen, says, he's like talking about how Connor like wrote something or whatever, and he's like, it also, can read. also shows that Connor can read, which is really heartening. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. almost seems like once the style boys got famous, you know, Connor probably just stopped the uh, school and yeah, developing. Yeah. Um, 
it's the dichotomy between the childish nature of calling someone a grumposaurus and then also saying i hope you get butt fucked in prison you know what i mean right we get another bridge here involving america i didn't remember this but now i do reading it uh because we were the kids of the USA, we think for ourselves, so get the fuck out of our way. Right. And all you adults can choke on shit. We hope you suffocate on a dog's dick. So, <laughs> Classic. It's awesome. Um, but the elephant in the room again. The best part of the song. Or at least the funniest. The last nail in the coffin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped reading it because so, I'm don't. i trying not to read it, but... I don't remember. <laughs> At the, the end song. of the song, the song ends, the bridge ends, the music is fading out, and he goes, again, I feel like doing that sort of, <gasps> he's like, be good to each other. <laughs> Dude, ending that song, it's so hateful. The whole thing is a message about, like, telling people how much you hate them. And then he just says, be good to each other. Dude, it's fucking genius it's a literally he couldn't we were talking about this before yeah like how do you write that (laughs) you have you have to literally be like a comedic genius like it seems so simple and maybe it still sounds stupid to some people that were like obsessing over it but i feel like you have to be a comedic genius to come up with that because i was like you could maybe come up with a similar song but i would never think of that you know, like, right. I feel like most people wouldn't think of that, comedians, even. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Okay. I think that's a lot, that's a, that's, like, a recurring theme with, like, not only just all the songs in this movie, but just Lonely Island in general, is that all of their song ideas are just, like, if you just look at it as an idea, it's so stupid. Right. And it's, like, these could be the kind of stupid thoughts that, like, anyone would come up with, these incredible thoughts that just no one would ever make except them right. you know they actually made them and it turns out they're like who yeah a song where it's just about like a kid hates his parents so he tells them like fuck off to fuck off know? yeah exactly and how do you how do you bolster that with so many different comedic things right you know what i mean maybe i don't know i feel, and i feel like it's not as simple as putting 20 writers in a room because it's not what it is Right. It's just these three guys, maybe one or two more people who are listed, I don't know. But it's just a few people who are somehow able to add so much to it. I don't know. It's it's really Lonely Island is a special thing, truly. Yeah. Um So next up we are introduced to Donkey Roll in the movie. <laughs> you know, as Connor stated before, uh their biggest hit as a group of the, as of the style boys it's iconic in this universe just universe in this whatever you want to call it um i guess it, yeah it would be in the universe. metaverse yeah in the metaverse um kind of their magnum opus as the style boys um i think it works you know nothing necessarily like absurdly as developed or funny i feel like as many other tracks but I think they they knew what their purpose was with it. I don't know. What do you think? Right. I think it serves more as like a plot element, you know? Right. I agree. It's just, it is their, yeah, it's like you said. Well, because you can get all the cameos, you know, you get Usher and whoever else said in the movie were like, they do it oh my God, Jimmy the donkey Fallon, bro. Or yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, maybe. Yeah, I think it's Fallon because 
like the reason it's found actually is because it's produced by Universal, who owns NBC, which is where they come from SNL, which is also Jimmy okay. Fallon. So, um, yeah, I feel like it works. Um, okay, so also I want to note in the soundtrack, they put tracks, little tracks that are like 15 seconds long of dialogue from the movie. So I just want to note, you know what's coming. The next track is Trip to Spain dialogue, followed by maybe one of the most underrated tracks by us even uh, for a while called I don't know. There was... <laughs> Ibiza. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say there was a period unbeknownst to me until I saw that my like top track of the month on Spotify <laughs> was Ibiza. <laughs> it's a really catchy song. It is. It, it is really... probably the most like the closest it... to a real song there that they get. It's like the joke is even simpler than all of the others i feel like yeah because all it is it's and it's literally as he says in the movie it's the dialogue, dialogue. yeah and in that track dialogue which exactly. is uh i think the exact quote is that he visited spain he took a trip well, he took the trip to spain and he noticed that people there pronounced the letter s with the th the sound so instead of saying spain they say the band <laughs> And it's like, oh, oh, yeah, quote, the whole country has a crazy speech impediment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so just like, yeah. <laughs> it's so offensive. And that's like, the gist of the whole song. It's a normal pop song, but instead of S, he says TH for every word. So. And, the, and it's in the name of the song, he spells it with the TH. <laughs> Ibiza. So, yeah, it's, it's so catchy, dude. The chorus is so... Yeah. Damn catch. Well, it's because I feel like they exactly what we just described. They they're like, okay, let's make a pop song. They made a pop song, which they did really good at because they're fucking good at writing music and creating music. And then they just turned all the S's into THs. Right. <laughs> which is hilarious. Um let's see. Oh, also the intro is uh dedicated to the people of Hispania. Yeah, true. <laughs> I want to know. I don't know. Are there any other like specific jokes? I feel like it's pretty much a. It's pretty straightforward. It's just funny yeah. how he pronounces um, "floor" as "floor." Floor, floor, floor. Like he's trying to rhyme it with like um, "star." Everyone is a yeah, star, star, a star, star. star. <laughs> Speakers boom on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh, also, he does a little thing at the end on the soundtrack where he goes like a little faster. He's like. It's a place far away making lots of noise where the boys are girls and the girls are boys. <laughs> I don't. I think it's a reference to. My first thought is maybe <clears throat> there's a Madonna song, song, famous song. It's called La Isla Bonita. It's another song about a faraway, a Spaniard location. And in that song, <laughs> sorry, I don't, I, I don't know why I worded it like that. Uh, I didn't know how to say it, but yo, what's your favorite that... Spaniard location? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> in that song, the the famous part of the chorus is where a girl loves a boy and a boy loves a girl, and it's like a very like prominent part of the song. That's my one guess as to maybe what it's a reference to, just because it's another. Oh, spin your location, whatever you want to call it. Is um, there any? 
That makes sense. Is there any uh genius lyrics um insight they can give Let's us? See. Also, um, first of all, yeah. I type in Ibiza lyrics, it automatically corrects it to Ibiza by Taiga. <laughs> Come on. There there is no genius uh explanation. So <sighs> true. Our tummies are full of paisia. Here's a recipe. <laughs> That's a good line. He also, what does he yell? He's like, Potato. Yeah, because the la- in that part where he goes fast at the end, he's like, the vibes are full of love and peace. And oh, and then people sound like, like there's gotta... a gap in their teeth, but they don't. And that's the song ends. Yeah. Dude. Okay, yeah. One of the greatest. Um, next up, we have Owen's song. So this is a part of the movie where Owen has decided to quit Connor's team and be a DJ on his own at a club. And Connor goes to, to visit him, or rather is tricked to go visit him in the club. And we hear Connor's, uh, yeah, well, we see Connor's reaction to Owen's music and fully like realizing that he has talent in some regards, right? Because we hear the beautiful... A melody of incredible thoughts. But Owen's not so good at lyrics. So it's the incredible thoughts in that beautiful piano line. And he's just like, birds, wind, and birds. <laughs> like, yeah. just saying nonsense because he's not good at making lyrics. And that's when Connor kind of realizes in the movie that they're a good team. So, I don't know, any thoughts? Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's like... <clears throat> When you watch it the first time, you're like, yeah, okay, this beat's pretty sick. And then he starts singing, and you're like, oh, okay. And that's the whole joke, right? And that's exactly what you said Connor yeah. realizes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So after that in the movie, I meet back up. You know, all the style boys are back together again. And they're cutting up in the studio. And they're like, hey, what was that one song we wrote? Say Glenda. <laughs> Um, you know, Glenda, I love you. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that song? Oh, it's dude, the lyrics are again, they're so simple yet so funny. It's it's about like their girl is like ghosting them essentially, and there are two options in their mind are either she's sick or she's <laughs> avoiding them. And so, obviously, from a selfish perspective it's better that she's sick and unable to respond than she's ignoring you, right? So their favorite whole... lines uh, are, Glenda, are you dying or avoiding me? And, um... Either way's a sick... bummer, but I hope you're dying. <laughs> sick Glenda, are you a coward or do you have the flu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um... Yeah, it's, are you a coward or do you have the flu? sick glenda get better or fuck you right which is so good i think that's what the lonely island is really good at is just like kind of what you were talking about in fuck off uh, of course because there's so many lines like that where they're just being like terrible people in their songs and it's so funny and i feel like that's one of the funniest things in comedy is just laughing at people who are either idiots or terrible people which of course in this movie we get to see in connor and multiple other characters 
Right. So I think that's really their strong suit. Incredible Thoughts is the next song. Okay. I don't I don't even know how to talk about this. I <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> what, can, what can even be said about the greatest song in cinematic history? Because you get the return from Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton yeah. is back, fresh off one of Lonely Island's like objectively like largest view counts, probably for their songs. Jack Sparrow. Yeah, which <laughs> also is arguably their best like YouTube. I would say personally, that's my favorite YouTube song. It's so um, catchy. I think. <laughs> Personally, Mother Lover has a sweet spot. That's in my, first of all, I love Justin Timberlake, and his performance in that is hilarious. The whole song, very funny. Yeah, but yeah, Jack Sparrow, Michael Bolton. That's a, that. It, it's such an, it's such a creative idea for a song. Like, where the hell do they think of that? Yeah. What if Michael Bolton, as himself, <laughs> is trying to feature on our song, but just sings yeah. about? Pirates Movies. of the Caribbean. It's so abstract as a concept. Also, the end like, part. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. Of course. Yeah. Where he where he pivots to other movies because they're like, stop. Also, during the song, they're like, not bad. What is this? <laughs> yeah, they're ad libs where they're just like confused. <laughs> Michael Bolton really gonna need you to focus up. Roger that. Let me try it with another film. <laughs> Life is a box of. <laughs> Dude, I wish I could sing well, because I would just be singing this whole fucking episode, man. It's the just, whole episode is just us singing the singing, soundtrack. Yeah. If Connor wasn't here for the beginning, I think this would have gone off the rails. Yeah, really? I think what 90% of it would have just been us singing the lyrics. Yeah, we won't even talk about the catchphrase, which, which may or may not still be in the podcast. <laughs> the catchphrase cut. <laughs> so... Incredible thoughts. Michael Bolton comes back to help the Style Boys. Okay, th- we, yeah. I was going to say the context of its introduction in the movie is also so good. It adds right. so much because, because you don't know it's coming. You don't know it's coming because Connor gets the call that he's going to perform at the Poppies. He's like, I don't want to do it. I'm hanging with my boys. We're back together. They're like, no, Connor, go do it. And then you cut to the Poppies. It starts. Connor's on stage. Finest girl I ever met in my whole life. You're like, okay, Connor for real. Right. And then, <laughs> want to take her home, make her my wife. Knew she was a freak when she started talking. And then, of course, she said, I'm a style boy <laughs> for her life. And then, yeah. and then it's like, <laughs> right. and then it cuts to, it the, cuts to the interview. Yeah. It's like uh, Owen and Lawrence are like, Oh, and they paired us with the most incredible guest star. And it just shows Michael Bolton on the piano. And you know it also sets his so name. Long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton is like, incredible thoughts. And then we get a little more context from them. They're yeah, like, they yeah, Connor, we took, they, we, Connor took that bass line of mine, Owen says, mixed it with some of the thought. By the way, the thoughts from Lawrence's journal, which we got introduced to earlier in the movie, right? He's like, yeah, I just write down thoughts in my journal. I don't remember True. when this was, but you do get it. It's not, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Right. So that's cool. They mix. Yeah. <laughs> what thoughts they are. So what is there? Uh, a snow white dove in the pitch black night. Uh, a rain falls from tremendous heights. A wave crashes off of a cliff in Scotland. 
child bites an apple, but the core is rotten. Right, and this is where things kind of take a turn. You can clearly tell this is the part of the song where Lawrence's journal comes in. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. TV is free, but what is the cost? <laughs> We have, we have GPS, and yet we're still lost. <laughs> this one is absurd. A carrot, <laughs> a carrot in the desert, a camel in the garden, <laughs> a man with giant ears begging your pardon. What if a garbage man was actually smart? <laughs> Dude, that's the funniest one. That's when um. Connor for real comes in and it's like it shows first of all it's like the perfect line for his character because it's so unnecessarily stupid. offensive and stupid <laughs> and it doesn't it's like the other ones like they're kind of flowing they're like yeah. you know a carrot in the desert a camel in the garden a man with giant ears making your and he's just actually so hard a common misconception that we're tearing apart yeah it's awesome. Um, also, during this, you get the visuals on the screen behind them, which I think is pretty funny. True. Uh, kind of adds yeah. to it. I like it. Um, of course, <laughs> you just get a lot of hilarious, incredible thoughts that come through the song. And halfway through, I guess, maybe three quarters, we get a feature from Mr. Fish, which, of course... <laughs> My name All I is... want to know is who is in that fish costume. <laughs> Justin Timberlake reveal, which right. is awesome. Um, Titus. Titus. <laughs> Dis- disclaimer: I know his name is Tyrus. <laughs> in case anyone actually cares, <laughs> someone hears that they're like, "This idiot doesn't know it's Tyrus Quash." This asshole thinks it's Titus. What is he? A Greek hero? The other. <laughs> I also like that Michael Bolton just comes in during their parts too, as like he has his chorus, but he also is like doing the incredible. They're like a house cat, and then he's like, "Addicted to the cocaine." He harmonizes, and it's it's like kind of harkening back. Now he's paralleling the ad libs they did on Jack Sparrow for him. Now exactly. he's ad libbing their song. You know? There's a connection. And also You're Michael first. Bolton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is, yeah. Michael Bolton seems like, as a celebrity, independently, you'd think of him as, like, he's so serious and so esteemed. Yeah. But then seeing him in Jack Sparrow and then this, you're like, dude, this guy must be hilarious. Got a good Mm -hmm. sense of humor. He's, like, friends with Lonely Island because he's, like, returning for their projects. Real recognizes real, you know? Well, there actually was an interview... With Mike, that Michael Bolton had, where he's talked about working with Lonely Island, and I just remembered that when you said that, I just looked it up. It's a four-minute video. Obviously, we can't watch it right now. Yeah, this is the Shrek episode. We're not going to pause no. to consume more properties. Uh, quote: The first treatment of the song was pretty vile, and bit from what I can gather, it seems like. The the song Jack Sparrow was incredible. Firstly, much dirtier, but supposedly Michael Bolden worked with Lonely Island to get it more like censored and cleaner because he didn't want to offend Al Pacino or Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's Which awesome. It's pretty. 
incredible, that's if you will. So much, yeah, true. That's so I just so wanted much, to mention I was, that. I was worried you were gonna say that, like he that's was what... personally like bothered by it. He yeah. was like, "No, we need to change this." That's that's so much funnier. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that I remembered that. Um, incredible I thoughts. Know the original draft. I want to see what the lyrics were. <laughs> We just thought of that, and it could change the world. <laughs> like a smart oyster full of pearls. Um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I mean, Incredible Thoughts, top three tracks on the album, I'd say. Definitely. Okay, so that's the end of the movie's soundtrack. Well, okay, also at the end of this, of course, they do style, they reunite a style voice and do donkey they, roll. They let us see the donkey roll. Let us, yeah, don't you? I think Usher comes on stage and does it with yes, them. Yes, he does. Yeah. So the movie ends yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the the soundtrack continues for a few more songs, right? We get next up, "Me Like You Dad." <laughs> okay, let's remember honest, this one. When we cue the whole soundtrack and "Me Like You Dad" comes on, it's kind of goofy. It's kind of funny, but it's easily the worst and most forgettable yeah, song in the album. In it really opinion. is. Basically, it's just like when the girls blow us kisses. Me like you that. When a mama does our dishes. Me like you that. When a genie grants <laughs> wishes about girls blowing funny. kisses and mama's doing dishes. Me like you that. It's funny. Like, and also it's the unfunny. Like you that. Yeah. It is funny. It is funny, but yeah, it's funny, but it's forgettable when it, it pales in comparison to the monuments that it's next to. You True. know what I mean? And it is in the movie. I think it's like in a brief like flashback scene oh. maybe about hmm. the Style Boys because it's an original Style Boys track. Yeah, it is. So, I didn't remember that. Okay. Yeah, it is like briefly in the movie. Okay. <laughs> next up, we have Legalize It. <laughs> For which... Oh, yeah. Words <laughs> in truth. One fine evening on... Okay, um, yeah. I'm not going to do that. But the gist of it is another one where it starts off as a very standard thing. You get the classic like reggaeton instrumental with no, the steel reggae. drums. Oh, yeah, reggae uh, instrumental with the steel yeah. drums. Uh, some other the instruments. Like, goes like, <laughs> yep. It's very and reggae. He and also does like a Bob Marley-esque like, voice. Yeah, like yeah, one yeah. fine evening on it, you know, so very yeah. clearly you're like, okay, we know what this is about. And it's called Legalize It. The whole right, time it's called- he's singing about, like, he's, like, smoking some drug with some guy. And then the chorus, bro. And then, yeah, so let me read this part. I won't sing it because that'll take too long. And no one wants to hear that. So it's, uh, so I took a righteous drag. It's the best sand side that I ever had. Then I felt the chills run up my back. <laughs> my good man, tell me, what was that? He said, my friend, you... I want to say it the way in the song. My friend, you just smoked crack. <laughs> and it's he's such like, a good reveal. And then the song switches to more metal-ish, right? And it's like, oh, I just smoked crack. <laughs> no, it's and a then, dubstep. Isn't it yeah, like a dubstep it. That's chorus? The, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And yeah. then he has, he has ad-libs too in between the chorus where he's like, I... <laughs> It felt fucking great. This is amazing. Yeah. Oh, dude, the chorus. If you like, try and take my crack, I'll kill you on principle. <laughs> yeah. So it's 
So it's I love crack and now I am invincible. If anyone tries to take my crack, I'll kill them on principle. <laughs> yeah, dude. The lyrics go from like you think he's talking about smoking weed and it's really chill to just like insane. He's now like a crack addict. It's so good. It's a and then the next verse we get it's the best invention ever by the human race. <laughs> the government spreads lies about it. They say that it is no fun, but on the glass dick shell I sucky 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 till the crack is gone. And then yeah. we should legalize it so the people free. We should legalize crack. <laughs> so if you uh, this is the end of it. So if you try to take my crack, you better fucking kill me. <laughs> yeah. I just love the way it progresses and gets crazier and crazier. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, and like you said earlier, the ad libs in the chorus are so good. Just like, it's, oh my god, this is amazing! Like genuinely screaming. screaming. Like not he had to have been screaming. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, another yeah. like huge loss from not being in the soundtrack. Huge loss. I feel so like funny. they could have switched something, I feel like. Maybe... Hmm. Actually, I don't know. I don't know, because the ones that they kept are all really good. Maybe if they were, because, okay, so, so they kind of do Hunter, no, they do two Banditos in Injustice, right? I would have rather, because they place a little of it, like barely any. Maybe they should have just put Legalize It In. It's a shorter song, at least to the part where it's funny. Yeah. And then just make Banditos a bonus. I don't know. It's hard to say. But, uh. Uh, Banditos eat a lot of burritos with <laughs> fucking ball deals. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, unfo- I don't think that part's in the in the movie, unfortunately. No, it is not. <laughs> um, next up, you kind of opened my eyes to this one. I didn't really know about it. It was promotional on YouTube for the movie more so than anything. It's also on the soundtrack. I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. It has to be one of the funniest like freestyle raps right. I've ever heard. <laughs> because. <laughs> Do we yeah. know if it was an actual freestyle, like, by... No, it couldn't be, because that's fucking rehearsed. And they, like, have, um, like, lines that everyone says simultaneously. Everyone says, yeah. So that makes it even funnier that they're, like, passing it off as a freestyle, and there's, like, a chorus, like, singing on beat with him. And it's like, it seems like a pretty straightforward song, you know? They're just, like, some just really funny lines during it. Um, you really just have to listen to it. I'd say one that we talk about a lot is um, ear go. I say ear go. Cut my ear off. Now I can't hear stereo. And that's just a taste of the of the fucking funny lines you get in this song. And also how he goes like, use a banana as a telephone, and then everyone oh! goes, oh. and then he just he says it slightly more intensely each time. Yeah. Use a banana as a telephone. Yeah, it's awesome. And then, um, of course, <laughs> also I want to talk about piss on the <laughs> piss off the roof. You can call me Rain Man. Best picture <laughs> must be doing must something, be doing right. something right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chicken of course, the bit off my yeah. dick in a cockfight. Sewed it back on at a stoplight. Bit a cop, got a ticket for a cop bite. Dude, that's so stupid. <laughs> um, but then, of course, at the end of the video, the song ends, and everyone leaves. 
Yeah. Or how does it go? You know it better. It's like yeah, he's he, like yeah. surrounded by a group of like twenty hype men that are singing with him and like dancing right. like simultaneously, and then the song ends and immediately everyone just disperses instantly. Stone face just walks like, away. Yeah, yeah, they just walk away, and Connor in character is like, "All right, everybody, party back at my place," but like no one's listening because everyone's already gone. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, you can pick up your check from, like, Erica, or whatever he says. But, like, <laughs> yeah. literally no one is listening to him. Everyone's already gone. Yeah, and then he just walks away. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites for the bonus tracks. Now these, I want to say these next two together, because I don't really remember them too well. Karate Guy and Rock Roll Skate. Okay, I, I generally don't recognize Rock Roll Skate by name. Karate Guy's in the movie. It's when they're talking about... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's when they're talking about, like, um, the Style Boys' old tracks. Yeah. Like, when they were starting to get famous. It was, like, their number, like, their big single or whatever. I don't remember how it goes, except for, like, now I'm in a cowboy hat. And then Connor's like, now I'm in three cowboy hats. And he goes, key <laughs> And he's like, now I'm in a cowboy hat, yeehaw. And then right. now I'm in three cowboy hats, yeehaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I don't know the other one. Well, I think that's another one where they only play part of it, like barely any of it, so. That would make sense. Yeah. What's it called? Rock Roll Skate. It goes, y'all ready for this? You're yeah, a motherfucking titty-sucking two-ball bitch with a popcorn oh. pussy and full-on dick. Oh, yeah, this sounds familiar. Is this the one that it shows when it's, like, them on stage, and they're like, oh, yeah, people love us. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. Because it just shows the chorus. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, you're right, I remember this. Rock, roll, skate, eat a bag of shit. Rock, roll, skate, eat a motherfucking dick. <laughs> That's good. I just remember it shows, like, a bunch of, like, old people or something in the audience. And it's, like, they're, yeah. like, dancing on stage, and they're like, so whip out your nuts and shut the fuck up! <laughs> And they're like, yeah, people loved us. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. That was <clears throat> actually very funny. So this is, next up is another Hunter the Hungry song called Hey Yaho. Um, I barely remember this. It goes rock hard, bitch, disregard everything. Anything, anyone, everyone got a gun. I don't know. Chorus is hey ya, hey ya, hey ya ho. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I'll be yeah, honest. Dude, me neither. <laughs> um, but I don't care. Because... Dude, I just fucking lyrics are so funny, dude. Teepee, teepee where I live. Eat raw meat like the Indians did, bitch. Yeah. I'm a lawnmower man, only more perverted. If you haven't seen that flick, then your head is hurting. I think that is in the movie. It sounds vaguely familiar. The Lawnmower Man is a 1992 sci-fi horror film about an intellectually disabled groundskeeper who takes part in an experiment to make him smarter. The experiments end up giving him psychic powers and driving him insane, causing him to torture everyone who ever wronged him and then convert himself into a being of pure energy. Hunter would use his psychic powers to fuck your hoe. Thanks, genius. <laughs> um, I'm going to suggest an improvement to earn IQ. <laughs> Yeah. So we have one final track. Oh, hello, <laughs> Maximus. This not only is it in the tier of uh, movies that should have or <laughs> songs that should have been in the movie, but it, it seems like there was no reason it really shouldn't have been. 
because we see Maximus die in the movie. We see his funeral, but during his funeral, they don't play this song. I don't even know if they play a song. No, it's remember. just, I yeah. think maybe people talking. Yeah. Or I think they might play like Danny Boy or something like on bagpipes maybe while they're like lighting him on fire. Right. And then everyone jumps in the pool and then it becomes like right. a party. But Maximus is like, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's fitting tone wise. And it's also just so funny. Right. I think for people, I might have said this to you before, but people who, it, it reminds me of like a, kind of like a Kanye tier, like 808s and Heartbreak song, um, where it's like very highly auto-tuned, and it's just mostly, right, right. He, makes, he does a parody of it to some degree by taking an extra step and just like crying in the auto-tune. <laughs> Yeah, like he's like, I'm so alone. <laughs> yeah, like at the end of the song, it's like the whole song he's just using auto tune, just like quietly singing. Yeah, and then he breaks down into tears and starts crying and just speaking. You were my best friend. Yeah, but you just hear it in the like auto tune, and it's hilarious. Right, and I think it, once again, <laughs> it, it it's believable that Connor is this like emotionally like immature that he would just make this right. song in the studio and just start crying while the auto-tune is on. Like, that's a exactly. scene I could see in the movie. Which I kind of wish I did see in the movie. True. Um, but yeah, that's the entire soundtrack for uh, Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping. So. Crazy. <clears throat> Can't believe we finally... We've been talking about the Popstar episode since like coming to episode i feel like yeah probably it's funny because i feel like we didn't we didn't know we shared uh the same love for the movie until one day we were just were sync tubing a lonely island video for some reason yeah. just we were shooting like, the shit. random shit that had nothing yeah to just do random with it. and then some one of us added which one was it uh it was i i just had sex yeah which, <laughs> here's the thing it like i saw it as like when the video ends and you see like the grid of recommended videos, it was one of them. And I'm like, dude, that song is so stupid. It's ironic. First of all, it's hilarious, but it's also like such a stupid concept. And also you never know. I feel like Lonely Island is a kind of humor that I feel like a lot of people probably don't appreciate. You know what I mean? It's vulgar, kind of childish. You know what I mean? So when you take it upon yourself to play a Lonely Island, skit in a public forum it's like you might be stepping out on a limb you know what i mean yeah no i agree i added you know just to, i just had sex feet akon and let's just say the rest is history um i i also i want to i refer <laughs> i want to talk about something that was funny in the movie that i forgot to talk about when we were talking about the plot that's more of a visual gag and parody as compared to most of the movie is um Connor gets the news that his album is tanking in sales and he's like yo turn off the cameras man turn off the cameras <laughs> and this is something that you may have seen in other documentaries like this where it could be real or feigned but they also are like oh turn off the cameras then you just see a black screen and captions of what people are saying so it's like Connor's is in blue and his manager's is like in red and it's like, 
like, yo, man, what are we going to do about this? And, well, you know, it'll be okay. And then we'll go, right? And it just starts off normal. And then he's like, get the B out of here, man. And again, this is all only in text. <laughs> and then it turns into this thing where they're, a swarm of bees appears and they're fighting it. And Connor's like, have you flown through? And he's like, hell yeah. And he's like, you hear the audio of him like lighting his entire like place on fire yeah, to kill like the bees. Yeah, giant, giant queen bee that it's attacks. Like, it's the queen, kill it. <laughs> right. And then he's like, camera guy, tell me you got that. And he's like, you, turn, you told us to turn the cameras off. I feel like that's like one of the funniest jokes. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Just wanted to mention that. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> when um, what was it? He gets like a negative review on Pitchfork, and he also gets like a Rolling Stones gives him a shit emoji out of four stars, and then the Onion says it was a big success, and he's like, let's call it mixed reviews. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, there's an interview that I'll link with the Lonely Island uh, boys uh, with Vanity Fair, and I didn't know this. Um, Quote, there's, however, about an hour's worth of deleted scenes on the DVD and Blu-ray release of the film. Upwards of 400 hours of footage was shot in total. Um, I particularly regret the loss of the song Mona Lisa, of which only a third of the chorus is heard in the film. Also excised was a section of Connor's downturn in which he visits his girlfriend's movie set only to discover she engages in bizarre on-set orgies with uh, Lily Collins, Dave Franco, and Ryan Felipe. We tried to keep it in the movie. We re-edited that one more than any scene in the movie, but at a certain point, you just didn't have more patience for the sad part. You're ready for the movie to kick into another gear. Um... Perhaps the biggest loss to the finished film is two subsequent bee attacks, each more apocalyptic to the, than the last. We tried them at a test screening. The first bee scene played really well. We were like, oh shit, I guess the bees work. The second bee attack got half as loud a reaction. By third, it was crickets. <laughs> the audience was delightfully clear. <laughs> Dude, how many did you say there were? Three total. Oh, I was going to say, if Including there was the first more one. after that... Even if the third one was crickets, I feel like the fourth they one. Kept that's when it gets more, funny again. Yeah. It would have been funny. Yeah. Um. Also, dude, fuck that audience for not laughing. That sounds hilarious. Yeah. What the hell, dude? Give Apocalyptic me bee attack scenes just for no reason. Dude, I didn't realize there was this much deleted footage. Four hundred. Dude, imagine. Can we get the? Can we get the Lonely Island cut, please? Like, over four hundred hours long pop star movie dude can you imagine let's see this is from 2021 um this is the end of the article so i'm gonna read it okay because they're okay so they talk okay i'll I'll summarize this part which is they talk about it becoming a cult classic um even on the same tier spinal tap apparently people are saying to the point where it was shown at the alamo draft house that same weekend so people are really recognizing it as a cult classic and um Okay, so, but is, quote, but is a Connor for real essence in the offing following the success of the four-hour Zack Snyder cut of Justice League and the reported existence of a 20-hour cut of Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 
Could the Lonely Island mount a 32-hour cut of Popstar? <laughs> well, no. well, no. Tacone nipped that idea in the bud. If we ever do a director's cut, it'll be shorter than what you saw in the theaters. We're the only directors who will give you four minutes less. And the article ends. That was a roller coaster. <laughs> we got confirmed the existence of 32 hours of Popstar, and it was ripped from us. Well, there's 400 hours of footage, apparently. I guess, granted, a lot of that is probably a lot of the same scenes right. reshot, right? But the fact that there could be 32 hours that 32. makes sense, that yeah, you could put in a movie. Crazy. Okay, Dude. Dorma, what the fuck? See, first of I all, say, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to make it shorter? What are you, what are you going to take out? I think it's a out? joke. You okay. know, I think it's like, like, oh, like we'll give you less. So that's what those kind of like shitty directors, which is like, I get it, but like, let's not make this another Eric Idle scene. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want Jorma to call in my DMs talking about really? this. All right, um, what I do want to say is, thirty-two hours. If we did an hour long each episode, maybe put it on Netflix. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like put it on fucking. Dude, I want to see it. <laughs> thirty-two hour mockumentary about. Connor for real would be so fucking good. Are you, you could just make it a series. Would, you could literally just make it a series. I would watch that shit instantaneously. <laughs> yeah. Man, I hope, I hope some, one day they change their mind because... Can we make a petition online? What we need to do is get famous and meet them in person, become friends with them, and then just watch it dude. independently. True. Just get it from the fucking source. That would be awesome. I guess we should become famous then. Alright. This is a new goal. <laughs> One day this podcast will be big enough. Sandberg will be listening to this. True. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, man, what a great movie! One yeah. of my favorite comedic movies of all time. I don't know. I'm kind of surprised because I'm like reeling on what to do because we're under two hours, which is not normal for this podcast, at least in the last year or two. So um. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss about this movie or tangentially related? Shy Ronnie? <laughs> Listen, audience, have you seen Shy Ronnie by Lonely Island? Speaking There's two. <laughs> it's awesome. Highly recommend checking it out. Um, it involves a, a bank robbery where Rihanna is the main perp. And her the second one, the first one's just them oh. singing in front of like a class or something. Oh right? yeah, that was kind of weird. I forgot about that. Right. The whole just the whole joke is that he Andy Sandberg's character Ronnie just whispers during his part of the song until Rihanna leaves the room and he just immediately is like yelling in a very like deep gruff voice. So it's pretty good. Well, so I mean. We've knocked out Shrek. We've knocked out Popstar, two of our most anticipated as a duo uh, podcast. True. I think you know what comes next. Maybe you know Justice what I'm thinking. It's oh, <laughs> not what I was thinking. <laughs> but it yeah. is true. So for those who don't know, uh, we have a commitment as creators and participants in this podcast to watch the Justice 
is gray, which is the black and white version of the four hour Zack Schneider's Justice League. Um, which we still haven't done, which we need to do. Yeah. I'm only afraid because we're going to spend four hours ta- doing it, but we've already talked about the movie. So, like, the podcast is going to not be anywhere close to the amount of time it's going to take to, to do it. But we have yeah. to do it. Maybe we can bring on a renaissance of shorter episodes. You know? We could do that. I don't know this if it's could... necessarily a worse thing. I don't know. You might have a definitive answer whether it is or not. I think it depends. I think it works for this, obviously, as a movie that's not part of a larger franchise or genre. It is right. one-off. Like, for example, like, what I was going to say is Madagascar, which is the natural sequel to our Shrek episode, which might even be longer than Shrek, because, I don't know, for me, it feels like those have more content in them. I don't know why. I guess because they change, personally, I feel like they change so much, movie to movie. And also, you have a weird gray area where you got the Penguins of Madagascar movie. There's like two TV series involving the Penguins and King Julian, which we're not going to watch, obviously. Well, TV. okay. Here's what I'll say. <coughs> Shrek also had a Puss in Boots movie, which is like the Penguins of Madagascar movie, and a Puss in yeah. Boots show, which is like the Penguins of Madagascar show. We watched the movie. We didn't watch the show, obviously. Right, so I we just we'll probably... follow the same. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I haven't um, seen the third Madagascar yet. Really? Okay, I've only yeah. seen it once in theaters when I was when it came out. I remember thinking it was like whatever. Right. I don't know. I'm excited to tackle two. it. That's it. This is also going to be harder for us, I feel like, because when we did Shrek, we weren't in school. True. There was a you lot of I mean? free time. A lot of free time for oh. us to just watch, knock two out a night. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So now it's going to be harder to schedule. So maybe. Maybe we could favor Justice is Grey over the others. I don't know. We'll have to see. That's even more of a commitment, I yeah. feel like. Because it is four, four hours, hours in one yeah. sitting. You know? Man, it's going to be rough. Madagascar, it's four movies. And then, of one course, movie. the shorts. Well, we've been two movies Alex. a week. <laughs> Marty, what's Shrek doing on a cruise? <laughs> so absurd <laughs> so yeah we're supposed to be here but why is shrek <laughs> someone google that guys well or or, just uh, or check the, click the link whatever <laughs> um i don't know do you do you want to wrap up here or yeah i guess we could. could wrap it up early this is really new um keep it high and tight we're high and tight here. Home. <laughs> um, That's for Avatar. Speaking of which, Avatar episode? You don't think. When Avatar 2 comes out, two this, comes year, out which this year, I'm sure it will. Yep. Are there any new movies you've seen that we can do? Oh, I've seen. Well, I watched Dune. Um, don't Look Up. I haven't seen it. I watched Don't Look Up. I am planning on watching French Dispatch. Me too. I can tell you what movies I've watched recently, whether they're new or not. I just finally watched Leon the Professional, which was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> finally watched 22 Jump Street. Nice. Um, which is terrible, by the way. <laughs> so bad. I think there were a few good jokes in it, but yeah, not nearly enough to save jokes, the movie. Like, the first one was actually very good. I liked the first one. Yeah, the second one, My Name is Jeff. <laughs> I like the ice cream parts of it. 
Yeah, Ice Cube's always mm-hmm. kind of a goofy little presence, little cute guy. Ice Cube was actually attached to a movie with Jack Black that was going to come out, or at least start in production, but Ice Cube, at least at the time, I haven't checked on this, uh, was anti-vax. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, true. Didn't he release a bunch of, like, right-wing tweets or something? They weren't, like, right-wing, in my opinion. It was just, I like... I don't even know if I've seen them. It was just him kind of being, like, fuck Republicans and Democrats, and the system is rigged. Which is, like, to a degree... I don't know, it's pretty... I don't know, I'm not gonna make any fucking political comments. That's my for point, our, our spinoff project. Uh, uh, podcast... Uh, no, uh, po- Politic Attic. Politic, politic Yeah, I was a little just thinking. Yeah. Um, anyway. My point is, I don't think he said anything that was like cancelable. I think he was just, <laughs> I think he was just being like, "Yeah, the system's rigged," and people were like, "Whoa!" Didn't he like endorse Trump and then release a statement that was like, "The only reason I endorsed Trump is because he was like the first one to reach out to nah, me." Nah, dude, he, like re- that? he released an album where he was, was just Ice T. Yeah, no, Ice Cube released Someone an album. Something like it was that. just about like killing Trump or something. <laughs> like it was what the total. Okay, not killing Trump, but I, I'm being hyperbolic. That's hilarious. He released an album where it was definitely dissing Trump. Um, so yeah, I think that was someone else. But um, no, hold on. All right, I don't know, man. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's a mix of both. I don't know. But um, where, why did we talk about this? Oh, Twenty Two Jump Street. <laughs> Oh, because we're talking about Ride Along? I don't like Ride Along, man. <laughs> Dude, duh. It's so weird how many times I've seen Ride Along, too. What? I don't know how why. How many times have you seen it? I don't know. Like, it just happens to come on at the time, like, back when around when it came out. It came on TV a lot. And just, I don't know why. Maybe yeah. that and Central Intelligence, which we know how you feel about The Rock. I don't necessarily Central feel Intelligence the same. is completely different from Ride Along. No, it's just as bad. No, it is completely. Just, you're just saying that because the rock is it, <laughs> dude. I'm saying it because it's there are some very creative and interesting. Oh yeah, look what, look what. I don't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I remember really liking it when I watched it. Not like not like really liking it. Like oh, this movie's awesome, but being like that wasn't the really bad comedy I was expecting. It wasn't the ride along that I was expecting. First of all, I have seen another rock movie since our last conversation on the podcast, or in general about the rock. Yeah, Red Notice. Oh, I saw that. You you saw it? Um, yeah. Bad bad movie. Bad I thought it movie. was it was one I could sit down and be like entertained by. I feel. I like. also I had slightly higher hopes for it. I was like, you know what? Honestly, I'll give it a fair shot. I had I less have. hopes from it because I'm not the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan. I no, think I, he I peaked don't... with Deadpool, and that was like. When I say slightly higher, I mean like 0.5 percent higher. Okay. <laughs> Do we need to pull out the rock rating system again? Because I'm curious as to where you'd put it. Because we can agree, I hope that maybe. Tooth fairy. <laughs> to no. Unironically, either Skyscraper or Jumanji 2 are his worst movies. 
I don't know which is worse because they're both unspeakably terrible. I say sky skyscraper is worse. Just, Just because I don't know. the rock doing a fucking Danny DeVito accent. A bad Danny DeVito accent. That one is like, like absurdly bad enough where I'm like, what the fuck? Whereas like Skyscraper, I'm like, Skyscraper oh, is just a, such a what bad. What is it's this like, like propaganda tier? Yeah, like, literally. <laughs> CCP. <clears throat> anyway. Oh, whoa, whoa. Easy. Uh... Have to say. Anyway. Yeah. I, think, I do think it's funny that people give John Cena shit. <laughs> Rightly so for that whole China situation. But no one gives the rock shit for some of the china stuff he does because it's less overt it is like very subtle it's not it's really subtle. that prominent in skyscraper it's not prominent yeah to the point where i would even question like how <laughs> we can have this conversation outside of the podcast maybe okay anyway. all right my um, point is also aside from propaganda, skyscraper just sucks. He also there's multiple jumps in the movie skyscraper where physically he would not make it. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Dude, the one from so the trailer, funny. the iconic one, it's like yeah, where he's jumping from the crane into the building. Yeah, how, there's no it's like way. Like hundred feet, and the he's trailer, also falling like twenty. The trailer feet. cuts as if he, they're they're framing it as if he's going to land on it, but he just wouldn't. He would simply just fall. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We can all agree Skyscraper is a fuck tier. Let's talk about a movie with a tower that we haven't done, that we should do. Oh, oh, I get it. Ta- oh, yeah. <laughs> are we going to talk about the cockroach on the dinner plate? Are we going to... Are we going to... Are we going to bring... The we- cockroach on the dinner plate? Yeah. Eddie Murphy's like... It's his trick on how to get free free meals. You oh, put a dead cockroach <laughs> on your plate. Yeah, you're right. Dude, we need to you do Tower Hunters. You the entire thing, because it's a spoiler for the movie, and we didn't put a spoiler alarm. <laughs> okay. We're gonna... we can go back and put a spoiler alarm before you say the spoiler. Nah. Probably easier to just censor it. Okay. Alright. <laughs> that, that part was censored for spoilers for Tower Heist, guys. Please watch Tower Heist. I think that that's a good one, because it's simple. It's like this. Hour and a half long. Short, we can bust it out. <laughs> Simple. Yeah. Hour and a half long, he says it almost two hours. Well, that's because I'm embellishing because sure. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to go. Um, I'm ready to go, but we will be coming back soon with some content, guys. Right. I'm excited. I Godzilla, know. King of Monsters, because that's still topical. <laughs> I still haven't seen King vs. Kong versus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have Ten Cloverfield Lane? That just came out, right? What year? <laughs> um, Justin, thank you for being on the podcast. Right. Is there anything you want to plug for me? Personal anything you're working on? Is there any? Are there any weather casting? The uh, kind of things going on? No. Damn. Uh, what have I been fucking working on? Nothing. If anything, been, there doesn't have to be anything. I've been in a creative desert. Probably since August, maybe earlier. You know why? It's because you're not playing Fistful of Frags frequently. You know what? That might be it. <sighs> Though I have, yeah. You might be right. Let's see. Fish's next album scheduled oh, is that to coming? drop. <laughs> Obviously, it's coming. It's just when is it coming? That's the question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when is it coming? Um, let's see. 
let's give us a year to start, then a year to work on it, then a year to produce it. Okay. So probably about three years. All right. So we'll be plugging this for every podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Forever. Uh, here, you can help us decide. We don't know what thematically we want the next fish album to be. Okay. Uh, Tenzin famously has a list of different options that he's considering. He is interested in remastering I Am the Fish King, uh, a cover album. <laughs> a, uh, a He wants to do a dream pop album, which seems a little ambitious. Well, to be honest with you, I think it should relate to your – it should be some sort of thematic relevance to your other ones. And I don't remember what the theme is for the other ones, right? So, for example, like, are the other ones about necessarily, like – loss or grief this is a very extreme example but like loss or grief then this one would be about acceptance you know what i mean like i feel like it should have some sort of relevance to the story of fish you know what i mean interesting well the first album is a narrative describing a single night between shared between me tenzin and ben labiner okay second album is a uh Another concept album telling the story of a fictional character called the Fish King. Um, What's his story? Does he die at the end? First of all, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> it's um, fictional. It's fantasy. Medieval, almost, one might argue. Um, so my question is, could you just continue the story of the fish king? Probably not. Um, Maybe the king becomes a pauper. You know what I mean? Something. Like, <laughs> uh, Here's what I'll say: If we were going to continue the story, we would just remaster that album because okay. we kind of agree. It seems almost like a set of demo tapes where they're really good ideas, but they're not as fleshed out as they could be. And I we'd like, like to actually take so it. So it's not even a remaster; it's a remake. Yeah, pretty okay. much like a uh, what's it called? A reboot? Is that an accurate use? Is it, of the it's word? a soft reboot. A soft reboot because it doesn't there erase the cinematic. Yep. Uh, yeah. Con- content, content, continuity. Continuity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's our third album, which I'd like to classify more as like I don't know. In I don't like it. It's it's. I'm not too proud of it. It Tenzin and I always come to come to disagreement. Head. Yeah. yeah, come to head, right? Because he argues that it's hilarious, and and I agree it is. The thing is, it, it it's also like our first album, a story detailing the night between Tenzin, Ben Labiner, and me. But. The music is so bad, in my opinion. And it's not like he's arguing that it's like really good music. He just thinks it's funny enough to be worth sharing. Where I right. think it's only funny when Tenzin accompanies it with like a detailed story about behind the scenes of each song, what they mean, like what was going on when we were making it. Which I don't think, first of all, most people care about or have the time for or have the opportunity for because you can only get that if you're physically with Tenzin and he's explaining it to you. So I'm like, I just don't – I'm not proud of it as a body of work. But That's fair. I mean, 
our fourth album, our fourth studio album, if you can call it that, because who can say whether the first three are studio albums or what? True. The Blacklight Sessions. So good. I'm very proud of that. I think it's our best work to this day. <clears throat> Thematically, it's kind of abstract. I don't know. I don't want to speak entirely on it because I think other band members would have right. maybe better insight on it. The whole point is that it was initially just kind of like two songs split into two sides of like a record essentially where the first side is about nature and the second side is like industrial like urban settings we did split it into separate tracks for the album release but they do it flows together as if it was like all one track anyway well i mean i look forward to what comes you know whenever that may be um I also hope we can get some kind of weather cast and things, maybe maybe in the future. You just know. record one for fun, not even for my class. I think you should just take a class for the sole purpose of having that content. Just take the class again, which I think you can do. I mean, there's something <laughs> fun to do during the summer, right? Yeah, true. Uh, no, but I think we did good. There's a lot of stuff to come. Guys, once again... What are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm lost. I'm lost. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about this whole predicament? What? Whether it's better whether to, to share it? No one to this day has ever uh, done a giveaway. It is weird because your videos, I don't know about your you Spotify get views. Stats. They do. Yeah. They have like 30 plus. <laughs> I'm like, how is that a single person? Not a single person. Maybe they don't think it's real, because it seems like this is the first time I've showed it on camera. I mean, maybe they think it's a joke. Maybe they think it's a joke. It's not a joke. It is kind of like a low key, obviously. Like it started as kind of humor, small scale. You know, you're kind of a small podcast. They might not expect as some random asshole listening on YouTube, like that you personally are going to mail them a copy of Bad Boys. I don't care about a random asshole. Like I know that they're not going to do it. I'm glad they're listening. Hey, if you're a random asshole, if you're here, you know, good good for you. Yo, but, if you're uh, a random asshole, leave a comment. Eric Idle? And, and like. Is that you? No. Um, <laughs> Eric Idle on a fucking throwaway account watching this on YouTube. I'm more confused that there are people that I know are liking the Instagram post. Supposedly watching it. I would assume that out of 30 views, some of them must be people from the Instagram. Right. This is the second time I mentioned it immediately when the podcast starts. Maybe they don't want to comment. Maybe they don't want to share the post. If you're here and you're somehow listening, which I actually at this point I heavily doubt, let me know. What's up? What do you want to do? <laughs> I'll make it work for you. You know, I'll make it worth your while. Um, Yo, if you share this. I will personally follow you on Instagram if I don't already. <laughs> the thing is, everyone who follows Filmatic Podcast, I already follow back. True. Because, you know, I got to retain them somehow. So, oh, yeah. you know. Let's, um, let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Do the giveaway, please. Check out Fish on SoundCloud. It'll be in the link below. Um, 
We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Be good to each other. <laughs> Be good to each other. There you go.